Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Commercial Relocation Happy Hour. I am one of your hosts, Rob Clark, and joining, as always, Ed Katz. How you doing, Ed? Good morning, Rob. And we have a special honored guest for this podcast. Who is it? We do have a guest. Mr. Larry Dillon is joining us today. And Ed, why don't you tell us who Larry is and, and kind of a little bit about him. Larry is the founder and owner of the Wendover Corporation. And what those of you who know him <clears throat> and know of his service probably don't know that at one time, Larry was a owner of a very, very successful commercial moving company in Philadelphia. And it was while he was at the helm and running his company in Philadelphia that he recognized a need for moving companies to have prospects, to have leads provided to them. And there is the rest of the story. That's why he started Wendover. And I want to be transparent here. I'm prejudiced because when I owned Peachtree Movers, we were one of his first clients. That's where we got the majority of our leads. We had somebody who dialed for dollars using Larry's service. So I, I love Larry. I love his service. I'm a, You're I'm a, a disciple. I'm a disciple. So uh, there, I'm prejudiced. There. Well, Larry, <laughs> welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thank you very much. Listen, it's an honor to be here with you guys. Uh, I, I I think all of our passion is uh, sales and helping uh, salespeople and help helping them uh, understand this this crazy complicated process. Yeah, everybody wants to be successful in sales, right? No matter what arena you sell in, uh, but specifically the the commercial moving arena. So Wendover, people are hearing this introduction we made of you and they're saying, okay, Wendover and Larry gets me leads. How does this work? And so Larry, real quick, what, how would you describe your services and what you provide to a potential client? Right. So getting back to what Ed said, I was in the commercial moving business. We had locations in Philly, Baltimore, and DC. Uh, <clears throat> and we recognized the need for more qualified leads, really couldn't find any good lead sources. So I think the unique characteristic for what we do is I actually generated the leads that I use. So we understand the nuances of the commercial moving business. And what we do is we make 2 million directed cold calls in the US, Canada, and the UK to identify companies that are moving uh, typically before they've selected a mover. And we generate about 30,000 uh, leads. The average company is about 50 employees, which I just did some research before I came. Only five, did you guys know only 3% of all businesses have more, 50 or more employees? Is that crazy? Yeah, that, that doesn't really surprise me though. I, I'm not surprised crazy. by that. Yeah. But I do want to ask you, you threw out some big numbers there. Two million calls, you know, and all... What's the time period? Because that's not in the course of what time period are we talking about? Over a year. Over a year. That's a yeah. lot of phone calls in one year. A lot of phone calls, a lot of really dedicated people. I mean, I have a Two. lot of staff that have been with me since 1988. Oh, wow. um, so it's not just two or three guys calling. No, no, <laughs> no. no. And we've, we've expanded. We, uh, we acquired uh, BMR leads and every time... And we acquired uh, AIM business leads, okay. uh, who uh, you're probably familiar with. Um, oh, Bob Zollner ran yeah. that. And it was interesting. Every time that I would acquire one of these companies, 
you learn stuff because these, you know, they were frenemies before, right? And there are little tricks to the trade that everybody does that you're not aware of. So I think that one of the most valuable things that was unexpected through the acquisition was the knowledge. Um, And then we acquired um, Help Moving Office, which I had my eye on for years because they were the the number one uh, website for free information about moving checklists, how to move your office, uh, free valuable information. And that was Jeremy Carr from the UK who uh, founded that company. He still owns the uh, the UK version of Help Moving Office, uh, but that was a great uh, great acquisition because one of the things that Help Moving Office gives us that we can never generate from the leads is there are like if you look at some really big companies um, and they've got. You know, I think there was a lead that came in from like Siemens. And this guy was in, you know, a division in uh, I think it was in Minneapolis. We would net we didn't even know that division existed. We didn't have they weren't on our cold calling list. They're not on anyone's cold calling list. We would have never reached this guy. Yet he goes on to help moving office. And he's like, I have a big, complicated move. I better get some information. He downloads a checklist. He registers, you know, and now we can introduce him to our clients. So the the quality of the quantity is not tremendous from help moving office. But what also surprised me from that acquisition is that, my God, there are so many high quality high value leads where you're getting, do you know what it would take? Well, you guys know what, what would it take to find the guy at Siemens who's in charge of, you know, a bunch of decisions. Yeah. Yeah, Let let me jump in for a second. First hand experience back in 1997, you know, I sold my company in 2000. So for at least three years, I know we used your service. We had a full-time person mining the leads. We didn't have your software then. We didn't have the opportunity. You know, we found out that at the time the company was called Southern Bell instead of Bell South or AT&T. But they had offices all over Atlanta and they drilled down and find out you're exactly right. What division, what department, who's the contact? We had to spend a lot of time and a lot of money. It cost us to mine the leads. And be honest, there were times, Larry, we couldn't even call all the leads that you gave us because we spent so much time drilling down, trying to find out who's the contact. And you're saying now, not only do you sell leads, but you have this extra filter that eliminates a lot of the <laughs> headache and trauma of trying to identify which department what's the vision, what context? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like absolutely. No matter how big your telemarketing department is, the, I think one of the, one of the, there's a bunch of key d- differentiators between what we do now and what we did before HMO. Um, well, first off, like I said, we learned stuff from acquiring AIM and that's helped us get leads that were, you know, everybody's got their little trade secrets, right? So we picked up some trade secrets from from them and from um, BMR, but the amount 
the, 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 like I said, the shocking thing, and I, I'm really proud of this, is those gems that we're able to deliver from HMO. Um, now, this might only be five or ten of these a year per market, but my God, one, if you, if you can get that. So, and Ed, I don't, I don't have to, you know, this very well, shame on you. If you get that lead for Siemens and he's gone to the help moving office website, he's downloaded a, you know, relocation checklist. He's given us his information and we're passing him on to you. Shame on you. If you don't connect with that person. Oh, I agree. I well, agree. Shame on you for just looking at that one opportunity. Because it's not that one opportunity. This is the guy at Siemens who's on a help moving office website. Yeah, right. He's the guy. So, <laughs> yeah, to that point, he obviously doesn't have a contract. He doesn't have, to, to, to your point, that there's there's a, a, a pipeline of potential business here that you have to see the big picture and, and you know, go after that. But I want to back up for just a second because people are hearing us kind of dive into this conversation and talking about some things. And we assume everybody who might listen to this might be already familiar with these types of leads that you offer and other companies offer. But there may be a lot of people who aren't. It may be some new uh, commercial moving companies or house of good companies that are getting into commercial or whatever it might be, just give some basics of what you provide to somebody. If they decide to go with your service, what are they getting? Is this a, every week you get leads every month, every six months, how many leads do they get? I mean, how does this work? Right. So we've converted to uh, companies. Some markets are monthly and some markets are bi-monthly now. So, uh, and we're moving towards all of the markets being monthly. Now, with COVID, there's been some juggling around because it's it's uh, it's been more difficult. But we're coming <clears throat> we're coming out of that. Um, so the um, the so what we do basically is we'll look at a market, and this is really important, I think, for the listeners to understand. These are really this I'm going to share with you a piece of information that I got in like 1980, I don't know, 85, that changed the way that I looked at marketing to the commercial market space. 58% um, of companies have less than five employees and 78% have less than 10, which I think we can all agree that companies with less than 10 employees are probably not the greatest prospects in general. And before this, I'd advertised on television. I, I produced a television commercial for my commercial moving company, and I took out ads. I was on Good Morning America, all, you know, all the big ones in the, in the Baltimore, D.C. market. And when I saw these figures, I was like, I realized 80% of my advertising was to people I didn't want to do business with anyway. Does that make sense? Sure. So, so what we do is we look at a marketplace, and let's take Baltimore, for example. Um, there's about 60,000 businesses in Baltimore, 78% have less than 10 employees. Let's not call them. And then the other 22%, half of those are gas stations, beauty parlors, and so forth that have more than 10 employees. Let's get those off the list. So when you're done, you've only got a list of about five or 6,000 companies in Baltimore. So what we'll do is on a monthly basis is we'll go into that roster of five or 6,000 businesses with more than 10 employees and we'll call, you know, we'll make 
um, thousands of phone calls and we'll generate right now. Our monthly programs are roughly about 50, 60 leads a month. Uh, and it will take us probably about 2,500, 3,000 cold calls and we'll find a hundred suspects. These are people that told the telemarketer, gave us an indication because remember with sales, customers aren't going to tell you the truth, right? So you have to kind of listen in. So they'll make, um, they'll find a hundred prospects, a higher level person will go in and confirm that a move is going to take place. Only about half of those meet our standards. And then we get the name of the contact, the name of the person in charge of the move, their email address, their phone number, the number of employees, and when they intend to move. And then that's all packaged up and shipped out to the customer. So usually it's all done. That's all done within a week. By the time our customers get it, it's only a week old. Oh, wow. Larry, you have really, really improved your service since I was a client 23 years ago, because included in the old list, I think we got like 200 leads a month. However, some of them were stores. We didn't move stores. We didn't do a retail move mm -hmm. for anybody mm -hmm. and so you have really refined the filter the fil the filtration process let's call it or the filtering process to really save your customers your end users your moving company clients a lot of the work that we had to go through back in the day so, so I have to, go, go ahead, ahead. go ahead well i i wanted to say so um you know, I went to the Wharton School undergrad for business. I dropped out, by the way. Um, and uh, I uh, I think I was a basket weaving course away from graduating, which technically makes me a student still. I think I can get into the student union uh, <laughs> for some cheap meals. Um, but uh, one of the things, you know, you, you, you get this, you know, it sounds so great. And it's like, what did you walk away with? Well, one of the things that I walked away with that was so valuable is one of my professors said that the greatest source of information for your business is your suppliers. Now, think about that for a second. Now, did, did, did either of you deal with a guy by name? Remember Southland Containers? Are they still around? I don't think so, but that we were a client and customer of theirs in Atlanta, Southland. We sure yeah, were. Yeah, I had a, my sales rep was Ron Sheldon. And Ron Sheldon, and this is such a great example. We just started our business in Baltimore. We were working out of my partner's house in Pikesville, Maryland. Ron shows up in this beautiful brand new Cadillac. And he knocks on the door of our house, of my buddy's house. And he said, hey, are you guys, you know, DH Transfer was the name of the first company. And we're like, yeah. He's like, I'm Ron Sheldon. I sell boxes and moving equipment. We're like, yeah, well, we just started. He's like, doesn't matter. Come on out. He opens up the truck, the massive trunk of this Cadillac. He's like, look at these dollies. And he's showing us stuff. And he's giving us information about the business. Well, you guys should be doing this. You guys should be doing that. Guess who got all of my business till the day I sold the company? Yes, of course. Ron Sheldon, yeah. right? 
But but Ron was a tremendous source of information. So I would go to Ron and I'm like, listen, Ron, you're dealing with the most successful movers on the planet. You can tell me in Maryland who's the most successful movers in Pennsylvania. In you know, I think he was like the Northeast. And and Ron would tell me, and I that was such great information because Ron knew you know, what, what the most successful companies were doing. And it shocks me that people don't talk to us because there are two things. One thing is I can tell you what's going on in your market in terms of commercial moving, right? If it's more difficult for us to find leads in Atlanta, there's less companies moving in Atlanta. Does that make sense? Sure. Of course. If there's more companies moving, it's going to be easier for us. Mm-hmm. Well, here, here, here's a couple questions I have. We, we talked about, you know, these big markets that you're in, and I don't want you to name every market that you're in, but is there like a, a guide you can use? You know, if you're in a town that has a population of X number or more, we probably offer our service in that market. Right. So we're doing Allentown. Let me put it to you that way. Okay. Population there. I don't know. What is it? Yeah, but it's it's Allentown, Pennsylvania. How big is Allentown? Oh, it's not that big. But what's interesting now is we can supply you with some leads from uh, Help Moving Office. We have those around the country. It might not be that many. But the other thing that we have, um, that, that now that you bring this up, even if you're not in a market that we cover, what what I've done is... I've studied the companies that are moving. And so what we did is we did a study a couple years ago and we asked companies why they're moving. Um, 7% of the companies reported that they were moving because they were downsizing. 14% said they weren't growing and they weren't, because my, my theory was most companies move because of growth. So let's find out why. So 17% were neither growing nor contracting. 17, yeah, something like that, or 14. 14% were neither growing nor contracting. And um, so we asked them the follow-up question, why did you move? They told us, I don't like this place. Look at this dump. I want to get new furniture and you know a new office for my employees. Now that's somebody that's got some dough. Not a bad person, you know, to to get to know. So which and you guys know it's extremely expensive to move. Our our part of the move is the cheap part. It's the phones, it's the furniture, it's the network, it's all that. Sure. So these are these are people with some money to burn. Uh, but 78% of the companies reported moving because they had to because of growth. And the average growth rate of a company that was moving is 40%. The average growth rate of companies, and let's all talk pre-COVID because COVID's thrown a, a, a monkey wrench into the into the works. Um, the average company, because GDP is 4%, which means the average company is growing at 4%. So this special group is growing 10 times faster than the others. So even if we don't cover you in a market, and this is, and that's a whole that's a whole topic for discussion for maybe another podcast is um, this new demographic that, that, that we can provide you in a market um, 
where even if we don't produce the leads, you should be hell bent on you know, getting to know this group of fast growing companies, which we can do it throughout the country. I've become, I've done deeper and deeper and deeper into identifying these high growth companies because I've talked to buddies of mine who've uh, were founders of companies. One of my buddies, uh, I'm friends with a lot of people in the data business just because of what I do. Uh, and one of the top guys in that business, he, he was on the founding team of two companies that wound up selling their company to Dun and Bradstreet. So I went to him and said, does anybody have really good data on, you know, which companies are growing fast for privately held companies, not public companies. And he's like, no. So I'm excited about that. So we do have, the cool thing is whatever market you're in, we can help you with a really smart strategy for finding not only companies that are moving once, but those rare companies that are going to have multiple moves. Moves, adds, and changes on a regular basis. On a regular basis. And and I, I would say in my business, in each of the markets that we were in, you know, you, you find these opportunities by happenstance, like your Southern Bell uh, example, Ed. Uh, I had a, um, a Bell affiliate that I just bumped into same thing. And, and all of their leases on the East coast were coming up at the same time. And we just really did a good job for her in this one. And she said, Hey, you know, I've got 20 locations that the lease is turning over. Can you help us out with those? And I'm sure we could. Okay. Here's a, well, one follow-up question to markets and things like that. You mentioned COVID and we know how bad COVID has been in 2021. And there's this fear uh, that, you know, the industry is going to change significantly going forward because people working at home and things like that. With you doing all this data research and having your, your finger and your pulse on all these markets, uh, how do you see 2021 for the, do you have some sense of what you think is going to be happening in 2021 in the commercial relocation industry? Right. So we could literally, and again, this is, you know, I, I think, um, and you might go, Rob, we need to have part two to this. Cause there's a lot of, you know, this is a 30 minute podcast and we might need to do segments and kind of talk, talk on some, on some specific topics on, you know, things like this. Right. So if I'm throwing so, out something, you said this is a long winded answer, Rob, uh, maybe yeah. we, we put it on the back burner and we jump to it on another podcast or something. No, but I think this is important. And, and again, I'm shocked that, that company, but I can tell you one of the greatest, if you don't have to go to the Wharton school one of the key, one of the 10 key things that I got out of that is ask your suppliers. I'm a supplier. So please call me, ask me what's going on in your market. I can tell you because I'm not only, and, and the other thing is the most successful commercial movers are my clients. Do you know what I mean? And, sure. and, I, and I know not only movers, but furniture, telephone, technology, I've sold, you know, we sell to a whole bunch of different industries. And there's this DNA of the super high achievers that's really different than, than the ones that, that don't do well. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And, that, and, and it's these little keys, these little behaviors, these little nuances and differences that I'd be happy to talk to you about. I can tell you the way that uh, a poor performer um, speaks about their business and their mentality towards their business is different than say the middle of the road, than the rock stars. Sure. 
there is there are three basic dnas and it's if you really want to change your business and you can't get out of that rut you're at a million bucks in sales or two million bucks in sales and three and you just can't get beyond it it's not your fault it's this is a really complicated process and there are so many nuances to this that unless you have a master's degree in lead nurturing because it's all about lead nurturing we can buy leads um, the lead nurturing process is, is sort of really complicated okay um, and i know you have a question when he says that yeah well it's so funny you know what's going <laughs> through my mind you are a mind reader rob <laughs> Larry, I know you're not going to remember this, but way back in the days when I owned Peachtree Movers and we were your client, one of your speeches you gave at a Movers Association, I don't know where you said it, but I remember you said it, don't prejudge a lead, don't prejudge a client, a customer. And I, my famous story is listening to you, we did a move a long time ago for a company whose furniture was so disgusting, I didn't even want to put it on the floor of my moving van. I mean, I, I, they, they were in a disgusting building, a third-rate building in downtown Atlanta, moving to the suburbs, and nice people, but I thought, yeah, I should be taking this to the dump. Anyhow, we did that one truckload move for them, and they kept growing, and we kept being their service provider. And by the way, we did not charge a four-hour minimum. Whatever their needs were, we were their service provider. Fifteen years later, they relocated that little company into a major building. It was a 350,000-square-foot local office move in Atlanta, and the name of the company was MCI. We did every move for them all the time on a regular basis they kept growing and expanding and rearranging and moving from one little side of the building to the other then two floors and five floors and finally they moved their entire company but one of the things you taught me was don't prejudge and i have to be honest with you being a former new yorker <laughs> that was hard ed that was hard it was very hard yeah i was arrogant i hope i'm no longer arrogant i'm glad my wife is in the other room right now but anyhow, i hope i'm not pompous and arrogant and all those bad things but it's true larry you you are in the trenches you are you know that if you prejudge you can miss a great opportunity we talked about that in one of our earlier podcasts in networking don't Prejudge. If you see somebody that you think is somebody's cute little secretary, I gave that example before, Darren Nicholson, Cousins Properties, managed several hundred thousand square feet. A lot of people at the networking event wouldn't waste their time talking to her. They assumed she was some cute little assistant or receptionist or secretary to some big boss, not realizing she was the senior vice president. And you, you taught me that with leads. Well, and the other thing I want to touch about with Larry is, you know, we mentioned it in his bio. He formerly owned a moving company. So three. You, you three moving companies. So you have a gentleman providing a service to you to get leads for the industry that he came from. So that knowledge, that experience, I mean, that's just a huge value add, in my opinion, that th this gentleman knows what he's looking for, the type of clients that you're looking for. 
He's just not calling every, you know, as you had said before, every company that he can just trying to get a lead for you. He's really doing his due diligence to make sure the quality is there and what he presents to you. You should have an opportunity from these leads. Yeah. And let, let me, let me ask you, I want to go back to Ed's story. Um, so Rob, do you, do you, you know, can you think of it? You don't have to share it with us or you could share it with us. Do you have a similar story where something looked like it was like a junk opportunity that turned into like one of your best customers of all time or share it with me, share, let's, let's do this. Cause there's a point, there's a point that I'm, that I'm going to make to this. Yeah, there's, there's a company here in the Houston market called, they broke away from a larger company called Third Coast Midstream and just a very small company, a few people several years ago and a very small move. Um, but I went out and took care of this customer. Uh, and again, you know, they were getting quotes from other movers, but uh, they weren't happy with the services they provided. And I think you get into some scenarios where, you know, based on the size of the move, what we're, you know, taking the time and doing the due diligence and being detailed and making the customer feel valued and important and you appreciate their business is very, very important. So they have the confidence that you're going to deliver something to them that's, you know, what they're expecting. And we absolutely did that. And um, I can tell you over the last four years, they have become one of my main clients. They now have three floors of space in a downtown building here in Houston, and we do business with them on a regular basis. Yeah. And so, and so, so this is, this is the one lesson. So this is one lesson, right? This is one lesson. Now, if you were in a vacuum, right, if you're just working on your own, you might think, oh, this just happens by happenstance. But I want the listeners to think for a moment, just think, do you as a salesperson, business owner, do you have a similar story? And they're going to say yes. Yeah, if you took a room of a hundred moving sales commercial moving sales reps and asked them, my guess is you'd find you know and asked them to raise their hand, you'd find almost a hundred percent of those people would raise their hand. So in this little instance, and I, I've got I've got my own story, which was a uh, uh, it was uh, I didn't want to go out on the appointment because it was a ten person move moving in a year. And I didn't want to go out, but my inside sales rep bugged me to go out. It turned out it was EDS. It turned out it was a move committee of 10 people. So when they were calling companies to get a quote, they said, how many people are moving? And what they heard was, how many people on your move committee? And they're like, well, we only have 10. It was 175 stations from one location, 250 from another location. My biggest all-time client. Now, the all three of us have phenomenal examples of of terrible looking leads that any you know you know in the court of sales you, you wouldn't uh, be convicted of a crime if you didn't go out on that appointment but all of us have examples of terrible looking unqualified leads that turned into massive clients one of my biggest probably it sounds like as one of your biggest sounds like one of your biggest and what i can tell you is that that most sales reps have that story so again as a supplier i know this and that's one little lesson in the lead nurturing process that's just one i can tell you there are a hundred two hundred of these little lessons that if you don't incorporate 
the understanding that what looks to be like a terrible lead, you should, you know, go after that with all gusto because there's so much evidence that there's a possibility that that could turn into one of your greatest clients. Why would you ignore, if you get a hundred of those a year, why would you ignore them? Totally agree. We're getting up against it on our time for this episode. I have thousands of more questions that we can ask, and I'm sure you have all the answers. But one thing, you know, as listeners have listened to this, and they're getting intrigued, and they're going, okay, we don't have a, a leads program at our company, but I'm, I'm intrigued, and I want to inquire about his leads. We haven't told them yet. They're, they're thinking, okay, I get these leads. This is great. I get, you know, some information on here, who to call or email or what I'm doing, but I don't really have a process in place to manage these leads. I don't have a, a strategy or a technique that I know how to use to make sure if it's a gatekeeper, I know how to get, get past that gatekeeper. I mean, what do you offer at your company that, that might help them? Sure. So one of the things that I found was that sales reps hate their software. They absolutely hate their software. Um, so that's a problem for me selling leads. And again, this is something that ask your suppliers, ask your people who sell you boxes, uh, call us, ask us, even if you're not going to buy from us, ask us um, because we can tell you. Um, so, and, and we're in a unique position as well because the lead nurturing process, if you don't have a good lead nurturing process, not only, I would, I would question if you buy leads, moving leads from anywhere and you're not able to get business or you're not able to get a really good return on investment, you have a problem because what's happening to your web leads. Right. So I went to a movers conference and I said to my inside sales team, I said, go to everyone's webs. Here's a list of the hundred people that are going to this commercial movers conference. Go to all their websites and register as somebody that wants a quote. Get a track phone and put that phone number in, you know, in a fake email and let me know how many people respond. And it was like, hi, my name is Jim. I'm the facilities manager. We're a hundred person law firm. We're moving in four months. I want a quote. Right. Guess how many people, um, made one phone call into that lead it's probably going to be not as high as you would expect is your answer <laughs> so it, it was 30 percent made oh one God. phone call so oh. what they did is they they answered the phone and this is what they said oh hi my name is marcy uh, i'm jim's assistant i know he's interested please call back guess how many and these are the top commercial movers, probably in the world, right? Or certainly in the U.S., right? Guess how many people made the second attempt? Oh, my goodness. That number dropped, I'm sure. 15. For the love of God. So, and I told them, and I said, listen, I was naughty, and I told them, guess how many people came up to me and said, was that my company? Mm. Yeah. Guess how many asked me? We don't know, but how many? None. None. Wow. wow. So, so, so the point is, is that if, if, if you're, if you're purchasing any commercial moving leads from anywhere 
and you're not able to get a good return on investment, which, which by the way, the most successful commercial movers on the planet buy every lead source they possibly can. And guess what? They execute on every single one. You have a deeper problem. Because mm-hmm. what's happening to your web leads? What's happened to the leads that call in? If, you're, if your sales reps are getting these leads, and it could be for me, it could be from other companies, and they're like, oh, boss, none of these leads work. And you know that the best commercial movers in the world have been using this stuff for 30 years, and your sales team is saying that none of the leads are good. For the love of God, you better forget the, forget buying from us. You better find out what's going on with your web leads. Well, you better have and, a mystery shop. No, seriously. But that got into my point of, you know, what's the, the, the training that you might offer to help these people be successful in getting the opportunities? Getting the lead is one thing, but getting in the door to right. get that opportunity to look at it and price it is another. So you offer um, assistance in developing a strategy to have success with these. And, and this is where we're uniquely qualified because not only do I have the data experience, we've also were selling into the commercial. We had another product with, that we sold into uh, the technology field. So I'm yeah, an amalgamation of all of this experience plus doing the own telemarketing for my own moving business and having three companies and 15 sales reps. Um, we're uniquely qualified to help you put a process in place and to help you understand. And listen, if you've tried stuff before, if you've tried our leads or other leads before and it didn't work, of course, and you didn't have success, this is a complicated process. And it's not your fault because if you don't have the information, if you and there's no real book. You can't read this. You're not going to learn this at school or from a book. You really need somebody that understands the process that can sit down with you and say, okay, there's hundreds of nuances to this system. Let's start with what are the five key steps as a commercial mover? Because what we're going to teach the commercial mover is different than we're going to teach a network services company. Sure, sure. Then we're going to teach a furniture company. It's all different. So I would encourage them, even if they're not going to buy from us, give me a call. Give my team a call. Um, We'll help you out. And also, can I give a special offer for your viewers? Oh, we we would love that. That, That's outstanding. I, I appreciate you doing that. All right. I know I'm springing this on you at the last minute. But if they call up and use the secret code EDK, like Ed Katz, EDK, um, we'll give them three free months of our um, the software. Uh, and we'll also help them put together, uh, you know, see where they're at, right? Because everyone's different, right? It's like being a ski instructor, right? I'm going to have a different lesson for a beginner versus an intermediate versus an expert. And we can, whatever your sales process is. And and the funny thing is, and I know what's going to happen. The most successful people that don't need our help are going to call and say, I want to get better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know we can get more business. I know I have the best guy in the, in the, in the world. Oh, by the way, the software. So I was getting to this point and this is a really important point that your listeners should really tune into. I can tell you in the world out of thousands of sales reps, I can stack rank them on their ability to convert leads into appointments because guess what? The number one person in the world 
has the highest conversion rate. It's very simple. And it's like, my God, Larry, if I knew who the Tiger Woods was in terms of inside sales, I would want to, I would want information about that person. So, so the top, I can tell you who the top 10 people are in the world. I can't give you their names because their owners of those companies would kill me. Sure, sure. They're rock stars. They're literally Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan. Well, we're we're up against it. Go ahead. What's that? I say time-wise, we're up against it, so I'll let you finish up with a couple thoughts, and then we'll close it out. And also, can you please give us your contact information, Larry Dillon, so that if they want to reach out to you after this podcast, your website, your phone number, your email address? (laughs) Absolutely. So I'm going to wrap this up really quickly. You should – so the the top 10 sales reps, the number one tool that they were using to keep track of their leads and they have access to Salesforce, Goldmine, whatever they want, they're, you know, you would buy them, right, Rob? And Ed, if, if you have your, like a multi-million dollar inside sales guy, they were all using an Excel spreadsheet. They said, Salesforce sucks. It wastes my time. This one sucks. That one sucks. That one sucks. The only one software that these guys will use versus an Excel spreadsheet is a software I developed because I went to them before I developed it. And I said, what are you doing? What do you hate about Salesforce? And this this software, and I, I'm, I'm not bragging, it's I just learned from listening, right? You listen to the Michael Jordans and the and the um and the Tiger Woods. So even if you don't buy your my software, my advice to you is give your inside sales reps to manage leads an Excel spreadsheet. Don't waste your time, money, or effort on any on any sales tool. And if you have a CRM that you have to bolt into, for the love of God, let your inside sales reps use an Excel spreadsheet. Makes sense. The number one people in the world are telling you, I will be 30, 40, 50, 100% less productive using Salesforce. Why in God's name are, are you, would you let them do that? So please um, reach out to us. I know I get passionate about this stuff, <laughs> but I just get hit with it all day. It's just obvious to me because this is all I do. Sure. Well, fire away with your contact info. Okay. Um, it's Larry at Insight, I-N-S-I-G-H-T-P-R-M, paulrobertmary.com. Repeat that one more time, please. Larry at InsightPRM.com. And if they want to go to Wendover's website? It's wendovercorp.com. So we sort of have two websites. One's website for the software, which is inside PRM, and it's wendovercorp.com. Okay. Well, I want to say this. There obviously can be a a part two to this conversation because I'm sure, Ed, you have other questions. I have a lot of questions that I think Larry would be uh, great at answering and giving some more insight to the listeners for. Um, So look forward to that in the future, a part two, as long as Larry's willing. Hopefully he'll come back on. Oh, oh, absolutely. Okay, great. I will say this and close. Ed, you have anything before we close out? No, I think this was one of the most informative, educational, wonderful podcasts we've ever done. I do too. Great having you on, Larry. I do want to say this. We didn't talk about pricing at all. And people can contact you, get information and get those costs. But I, I want to say this about price. Um, you're going to get, I mean, hundreds of leads throughout the year. And they're quality leads. We've already went over all of that. If you book probably one, maybe two of those leads, you're going to pay 
for what the cost is annually for this program. So just know that. The cost, the risk here to what you're going to get from those leads, it's a no-brainer. So not going to get into the numbers. You can do that with Larry. Contact him and his team, and they'll go over all that with you. But I just wanted to get that out there. Anything else, gentlemen? No, I enjoyed it. Thank you so much. I'm yeah, really- no, I enjoyed this. This is, uh, it's, uh, it's fun. It, obviously, it's what I'm passionate about. And uh, good you're, for you're you You're passionate guys. about this, Larry? Yeah, I am. <laughs> but good for you guys for having something like this. I think it's important for business owners, especially in the same industry, to have a forum where people can talk and learn. Absolutely. And share. Yeah. Let's get better. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us on this episode of the Commercial Relocation Happy Hour. And until our next episode, go sell another move.